Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop. This podcast is for product-based businesses where I speak to both retail buyers and brand owners about what it's really like to start and grow a retail business. My name is Therese. Hi. And my mission is to help you build and scale a profitable product business through wholesale. Today, I'm joined by David, designer and founder of card publisher Ricicle cards based in a seaside town just outside bristol david creates colorful and charming and whimsical greeting cards uh, with plenty of illustration hand lettering and luxe hot foil and in addition to his own designs he loves collaborating with other talented artists across the world to bring his ideas to life so welcome david thank you so much for coming on the podcast No, thank you so much for having me. It's really Um, exciting. Did I actually say that right? I practiced before, but I'm not sure. (laughs) It's so funny. So I'll go into where the name has come from, but I never envisaged that people would struggle with how to pronounce it. And I kind of, part of me loves it because then I get to talk about it and explain, but I've heard so many fun iterations of how people pronounce it. So essentially it's a combination of mine and my husband's last names. So before we got married, I was Nichols and he was Rice. And then as we were preparing to get married and everything back in 2017, we sort of became known as the Ricicles because that was sort of the combination of our names. So it was like the Ricicles wedding. So we had custom pencils with it and we just put it everywhere. And I launched Ricicle in January 2020 and I was thinking about what to call it and, you know, I wanted to make the brand name really personal to me, um, and I decided to call it Ricicle. And in my head, it makes completely it makes perfect sense, like how you would read it. But I've had so many people not know how to say it, <laughs> but I just I find it funny. So um, yes, it's Ricicle, like bicycle. <laughs> I love that name. Now it makes so much more sense to me. Like, I love that. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be any easier to say for a while, but I'm dyslexic. So like, it takes me a while so to get I. around things like this. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah. With my business name, I, I couldn't spell collaborative before <laughs> I started my business. <laughs> I bet you so, can like, now, though. That's also- yeah, but I still have to spell it out in my head sometimes, <laughs> which is maybe not advisable. <laughs> but how did you how did you start in the industry? What did you do before you start Ricicle Cards? So I've been in the greeting card industry for ten years. Next year, um, I worked for another oh, wow. greeting card company before starting, and absolutely loved it. I had such a fun time, and I've always loved stationery. I've always loved cards. Um, I used to have I used to have this um, line on my about page on my website, which I've since taken out. Um, but it talked about how when I turned three, um, I don't remember this story, but my mum loves to remind me of this story about how when I was three, people would come to my birthday party and I would answer the door and I would, the first thing I would ask is, is there a birthday badge on my birthday card? And apparently, if they said no, if they said no, I would shut the door in their face. <laughs> 
My mum loves telling that story. And um, yeah, so I think the love of greeting cards has always been there. And ironically, none of my cards have birthday badges on. Maybe I should do that one day, but I know other people that do really well, so I don't really want to step into that space. Um, but yeah, I've loved working with print and art and I love illustration. So it kind of just, it kind of, I fell into it really. Um, so I launched Ricicle in January, 2020. So um, just before the pandemic hit, which was, you know, I didn't have a crystal ball. That was when I was launching the company and um, I don't obviously regret it. I mean, it was a hard couple of years. Obviously I launched a top draw in the January, I had a blissful couple of months before the world stopped. Um, and I sort of had to pivot very quickly and be very nimble with the company and make sure I could ride the storm. Um, and I'm really proud yeah. that I did. I've made it to the other side and I'm still going three and a half years later. So that's amazing. And when you were in a in employment, shall we say, was that as a designer? So like the selling side, is that new to you or did you get involved in that too? So essentially, I, I dipped my toes into lots of different things. So I was, um, I, I helped with uh, the creative side of things, working with the artists that we worked with and doing all the trade shows. Most of my role was um, doing wholesale. Um, and that's what I really oh, love doing. So, you know, so to be able to do it myself now and sort of present myself at a trade show is really fun. It's, it's the bit that I love the most. I love meeting people. I love getting to know my retailers and building authentic relationships with them. So I was very fortunate that I'd kind of had that experience before going into it. So it wasn't completely new I was still really nervous don't get me wrong I'd done trade shows before but doing it myself it was just me it was my my designs I mean when I first launched I launched with 48 cards and they were all mine I at that point I wasn't working with other artists like I do now so mm. it was very much in a vulnerable I was in a vulnerable place putting myself out there was a lot of money to put up to myself as well so yeah it's been a steep learning curve even having done it before doing it myself on my own and making all the decisions myself is both rewarding and challenging I love that you came from having some experience because a lot of business owners I speak to they come from the creative side solely mm -hmm. and then have yeah. to kind of learn on the job with the business side of things but you almost dance a little bit of the opposite I suppose although you must be creative <laughs> obviously <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the one of the biggest challenges I had was learning very quickly what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were. I never had to touch account accounts or bookkeeping or anything like that. You know, even setting up a company and learning all these different things and you know all the admin that comes with it that was all very new to me. So I had to make quick decisions very early on and being vulnerable to being honest with myself about what I can and can't do. So. I, I, I do my own bookkeeping, but I don't do my own accounts. I have an accountant. I hired an accountant as soon as I started the company. That was a... Same. I, took, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted everything to be done properly. And I knew I was going to mess it up if I did it myself. So, And then product photography, I readily admit I get really stressed. I'm not very good at it. I just, I, I've tried to do it in the past and I just don't enjoy it. And I would rather use up my energy on the things that I really enjoy and want to do. So I outsource that. And I worked with two incredibly talented stylists and photographers to bring my cards to life in lifestyle. So, you know, it's just knowing what to outsource <laughs> and what you can do yourself yeah. while also balancing 
budgets as well because obviously you know when you're a startup you've got to make sure that you're not spending too much money yeah but i think it's spending on the things that you perhaps don't enjoy and exactly as good talented at i suppose (laughs) (laughs) it's how i see it in my business (laughs) yeah like i could never do the photography if i had a product-based business i have no no talent how did you get started with wholesale did that come first then was that the natural thing for you yeah yeah because I had enjoyed that so much I that's what I literally dived into so I launched the company via Instagram about five days before the January top draw and then I sent out invites um in the post to some retailers that I wanted to meet at the show and I think I, I and then I obviously did the show and just really enjoyed that process. Um, obviously, when the pandemic hit, I had to very quickly switch around to the more consumer side. So I was very lucky that I'd already set mm. up an online shop. I then set up Etsy as well, so I could sort of reach um, more of an audience with that. And I quickly had to switch things up and go more um, consumer. But I actually really enjoyed that. I came up with a few different ideas. I offered a handwriting service, which I know lots of other car publishers do. It's such a good idea. And I still offer that now and people use it. I don't anymore, but I used to offer stamps um, as part of a purchase as well through my website. So when you're at the checkout, you could add stamps and they would be the same price at the post office. I worked with a local company to have bespoke chocolate bars. There was this really great company called um, Choco Loco who are based in Bristol and um, they have really gorgeous just chocolate bars and I would pair those with cars and they would be like a letterbox gift and they were so popular during lockdown so I really enjoyed doing that and I had new baby gifts as well so I would source um products from um from other people as well at Blossom and Bear I worked with so it was really fun to kind of have that challenge over lockdown but um yeah my passion is in wholesale so you know as soon as the shops were opening and things were getting a bit more back to normal I was able to do the trade shows again and it was so good being back at PG Live I think it was July 2021 the first trade show that I did after lockdown it was so much fun being back in front of people and showing the products in in real life because it's just not the same having a lifestyle photo or a png cutout photo it's not the same and people you know with something so tangible and tactile as a greeting card people want to feel it and they want to see the foil and all the different print finishes and stuff And that's the stuff that i'm passionate about so i want to be able to show these things it's just not the same as doing it online so for me doing trade shows is so important i know that so many aspects of wholesale have moved online with fair ankle store and everything and i love that there's such a good place for it and instagram is obviously great as well for connecting with stockists but yeah i just love i just love trade shows it's a really good opportunity to meet new people catch up and get feedback as well i like to be collaborative with the retailers that i work with i always say are there any occasions that i can help you with you know are people asking you for certain designs that i can help with and i really take that feedback on and i always make sure that i tell that retailer that i've done it like this is you know you asked me to do this and i've done it and so that's always a nice feeling as well so yeah that's just kind of the things that I really enjoy about wholesale that I don't necessarily get from consumer so I still have my online shop but it's not necessarily my big priority it's good to have it right but mm. yeah I completely understand I like meeting the people and having that more 
one-to-one relationship as well that you get with yeah. your stocker. Do you remember who, like when you did that first top draw, brand new business, like mm-hmm. who was your first person that came on your stand and ordered? It was, I remember exactly, it was um, Sarah Pencil Me In up in Elgin in Scotland. Oh, and, um, lovely. Yeah, so, so exciting. And um, yeah, and it's she mentioned it in a podcast once that, you know, she she was my first stockist and yeah, she's been ordering ever since and she always comes to the trade shows and it's really lovely. Whatever I put out, she just orders, <laughs> which is really nice. So, and I it's, love that. And we have a really good relationship as well. Um, you know, we've seen each other socially as well. And that's why I really love that, you know, so many of my stockists have become friends as well. It's a really lovely industry mm. because we're all nice people and, you know, we all want the same thing. To create nice things, sell nice things. Exactly. If you make money, they make money. You might as well enjoy it. And it's almost like, mm. I think with hot stockists, it's almost like you get a little bit that like, you almost become colleagues in a way. If yeah, you definitely. nurture that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know Sarah before you started? Yeah, yeah. We'd spoken on Instagram loads. And um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of her shop. So one day I will go and visit and actually see the shop in real life <laughs> we've hey, been talking about hey, it for ages it's, it's just so far <laughs> i know i know but, i really uh, want to yeah, go she, bless her she said and she's invited me many times for me and steve my husband to go up and stay with them so we will do it eventually and i can you know see the sights of the highlands <laughs> and see the shop and stuff and now you can see both shops as well. So. I know, I know. Yeah, the new shop looks so, so good. And it's so nice that it's only a couple of doors down too. It looks <laughs> amazing. So apart from Sarah then, like, did you also manage to continue building on the relationships you had from the industry before? Uh, like, have you sold to any other retailers you used to sell to in your old job? Yeah, I was really, I was really fortunate that people um, were so supportive of me. And lots of people told me that people buy from people. And I so stand by that. I think obviously, you need to have good quality product and good customer service. But I think that there's a lot to be said about how people buy from people. So yeah, I was very fortunate. But then I've also worked with lots of completely new stockers because my my designs have gone in a different direction. So I've been able to work with other stockers as well. And that's been really exciting, sort of building a new audience that's just for me. So yeah, no, I've, I've loved it. And do you think trade shows is the best way to get new stockists on board? Or like, how do you go about it outside of the trade shows? I think it's Probably the biggest part, definitely. I mean, I I think Instagram is a really good place to engage with new stockists, and you can do research. And um, you know, even with um, like Sarah Pensmian's um, campaign, for example, you can go through the hashtag and find you know new stockists that way. But I feel like I see trade shows as part of my marketing budget, so you know, it's a chance to see lots of people in a very condensed time you know particularly for the large retailers as well you know some of the larger retailers that I've been lucky enough to work with have been from the back of trade shows um because they've come round and they've got to know me and got to know the range and everything so 
it, it's a core part. I, I mean, I do two trade shows a year. I do Top Draw and PG Live. And yeah, it's it's one of the most important things, I think. So I think all of these different things have their own place. I think Fair has its own place. Instagram has its own place. But I think there will always be a need for trade shows because the only chance really that you get to see people face to face. And it's all I've always really loved having relationships on Instagram and email and then I've got to meet them in real life and I have no idea what they look like and they've come and said, oh my gosh, it's so good to meet you finally. And it just, it enhances that relationship and it makes it more authentic rather than just chatting over email. Plus I'm also not very good at phoning people. That's the one thing, that's one of my weaknesses. I don't really like phoning stockists. I'm more than happy to like speak to my printer and catch up and I could be confident in that but I'm not confident in checking in with my stockists on the phone. (laughs) Not even the people that already buy from you. I'll text them and I'll speak to them on Instagram, but I won't phone them. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> and I'm if terrified. you're going after a new stockist, would you phone them to see that they received your email or would Absolutely you not? not? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> No, I, um, I, you know, I would send them a catalogue, I would follow up on email, I'd follow them on Instagram, maybe engage with a few of their posts and stuff and try to build things authentically. But that's definitely one of my witnesses. Maybe in the future, I'll have to hire someone that is more confident and can do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a good way. Uh, I mean, I only say it because I think that you have to find a way to sell that works for you, right? And if you yeah. don't, if you know that Basically, if you put on your to-do list, I'm going to phone so-and-so today. If you know you're just going to move it to next day and next day and next day and maybe procrastinate a lot about it, then it's better to not do it, right? I feel very seen (laughs) right now. (laughs) I only say that because that's, you know, I had to get over that and Mm. a lot of people I work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had no choice because my I was employed to do it. But like, sure. you know, a lot of people that I work with, that is like a process that eventually maybe some of them get over. You're not over it because I don't think you ever get over it. Mm. But you can do it. <laughs> yeah, learning will. to step outside then, of your comfort zone. And I feel like I try to do that as much as I can, but within limits. <laughs> and, and I think that's fair enough. It's just at one stage, I suppose, it's good to know if the emails land. I know we can use like, you know, trackers and things, but it's it's actually quite nice sometimes to speak with people. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I totally get it. No, I was just going to say one thing I have done more so this year, which I hadn't done before and I've really enjoyed is the, like a few, a handful of retailers that I have really good relationships with. If I'm thinking about a new collection, I will talk to them about it first. So I have, I have a bunch of cards that are text-based, foiled, whimsical, funny cards, and they're designed by me. And I really enjoy writing funny captions for greeting cards, but it was really nice this year to be able to go to some of those stockists that I love working with and get their honest opinion and sort of rate them. So when I was printing them, I was making sure that I was printing things that were going to be popular. And it was, I don't know why I never did it before, but it was such a good idea that I wish I had done from the get go. But I guess that just comes with time and building those relationships and getting to a point where you feel like you can openly 
ask for that help. So that's yeah. one thing I'm doing differently this year that I'm really enjoying. So maybe the phone thing will come at some point and I'll step out my comfort zone. Maybe the conversations could be about which cards you like on the phone. So it's yeah. a pre-scheduled thing. Because <laughs> you're obviously chatty. So like, you know, once you're on the phone with someone you know, it's not going to be a problem. True. True. Picking up the phone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I understand it. But yeah, I think it's really nice that you went to your stockers and asked them. I think it's a nice way to nurture a relationship. It's a nice Mm -hmm. way for them to get involved. They feel a little bit of a commitment already to those products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in a way that works for both of you, they get what they Mm -hmm. want and they think they can sell. And you get the feedback. So it's a two-way exchange that works. Totally, yeah. It makes it really collaborative, which I love. And do you have any tips? So someone that is maybe earlier on in their journey Mm -hmm. and don't have your experience, when it comes to starting to wholesale or growing your wholesale, what would you say? Do you have any top tips? I think it's, I I personally love having a printed catalogue because I feel like it's something that you can send in the post. So I personally love to send a handwritten note to a retailer, trying to personalize it as much as possible, sending a few samples and the catalog and then being patient, I think is a big, I think is a big thing, you know, whether it's then following up on email, following them on Instagram and just trying to nurture that relationship. And I've, I think one of my biggest lessons that I've learned is that it might not be right for someone right now, but it might be in a year's time. I've had so many people that have said, I love your cards. I definitely want to order. And then it's been a year, even two, when they've actually come to order. And it could be a multitude of reasons why. It might be that they don't have any space right now, or you know, they're trying to test a different direction or something like that. And yeah, so I think I think it's really important to have a few different avenues, whether you know it's email campaigns, so building up your newsletter list, um, sending things in the post. Obviously, you know, doing trade shows and I, th- I think just, yeah, thinking about lots of different routes to market, I think is is a really good thing to start with. I'm trying to think what other advice I would give. I would say if you're doing a trade show to start with, try just, I mean, start small, start small, have a small stand. Don't spend too much money to start with. I've, my stands have grown as I, as the company has grown, which has been lovely. But when I first started, it was a tiny little stand in the corner. <laughs> But as long as you market it right and tell people where you're going to be, they will come and find you. So it doesn't really matter if you are at the back. As long as you've told people where you're going to be, then yeah. And one thing that I struggled with at the beginning when I was at trade shows is asking for people's business card or information. And I'm still still finding that difficult sometimes. Um, I try and work it into conversation about asking people where they've come from, if I can find them on Instagram, and it kind of feels a bit more natural doing it that way. But I'm never, like, I shouldn't be afraid to ask for people's contact details because people are willing to give them. That's why we're all there at trade shows. Exactly. It's not a secret, right? That you're there to do business, (laughs) both of you. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think one of the lessons that I've learned and the piece of advice I would give just in general is, like I said earlier, patience, I think just being patient and 
just waiting for the right time. So, I mean, there's there's still three and a half years later, there's still a dream stockist that I haven't yet worked with and we've sort of spoken back and forth, but I haven't quite got there yet. And I've just had to learn to just be patient and think it'll happen when it happens or it's not meant to happen right now. And that's one of the, I think that's one of the hardest lessons is patience because you'll get a few stockists to start with, but you're not going to get like huge retailers at the very beginning because you need to show that you're going to be around you know doing multiple trade shows if you if you disappear for a couple of years then people forget about you so you know continually showing up and showing that you're in this for the long haul is going to build trust because retailers don't want to invest in a brand that's not going to stick around for very long yeah that would be my biggest top tip is patience and then like I said earlier figuring out early what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and being okay with your weaknesses everyone has them and it's it's actually more brave and it shows more strength to identify what those weaknesses are so if you can do that early on you'll succeed way quicker i love that and so true um totally agree the um how many stockists do you have now i feel like i should know that and i don't i don't know (laughs) um so (laughs) I feel like I should have that on the on the tip of my tongue and know that at all times, but I really don't know. Um, probably a few hundred. I work with UK stockists, European stockists, lots in the US, thanks to FAIR, which is great. I have a distributor in Australia, which is really cool as well. So, you know, oh, cool. that's, that's a different avenue as well. You know, thinking about distribution as well. I'm sorry, I don't have a perfect answer for that. <laughs> that's <Lots>. all right. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of them. <laughs> Maybe you will be at the US trade show soon then. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, one of my one of my goals at some point is to do a New York trade show. I've been to New York and absolutely love the city and to combine a city that I love with doing a trade show would be a dream. So eventually I would love to do a New York station so show. Like, I would yeah, love you it. You need to get applying to those grants and just do it. I know, I know, yeah. No, I definitely or will. Like, I definitely you know, will. do it through, you know, the trade associations. They have like a mm-hmm. stand, like which shall I trade? If, uh, they were in New York now, right? And they brought a, lot, a few brands with them. And mm. that could be an affordable way to do it. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into it. I'll let you, you know, know. <laughs> it's probably more within reach than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I just know how much work goes into doing a trade show in the UK, and I feel like doing one in the US is a whole different ball game. But yeah, I'd love to set myself that challenge and do it. I think it'd be so much fun, and also tag a little holiday <laughs> onto it as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it would be great. <laughs> And yes, it's a lot of work, but actually it's a lot of work whenever you do it. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you already have a lot of stockists out there, then it makes sense too. You already, it's not like you're stabbing in the dark or taking a big Mm. gamble by doing it. Mm. How about any big or small wins this year? So I had worked with um, Scribbler before this year just on a few occasion cards Uh, but I was really fortunate this year that they were taking a row of my everyday birthday cards so I was in that category and that was really exciting because I've been able to see things grow with that account a lot more and I've really enjoyed working with the buyers they're such a lovely team to work with 
So mm-hmm. I'm working a lot more with Scribbler this year, which is really exciting. I've had a few more cards going to Sainsbury's this year, which has also been really exciting and terrifying. But that's been, yeah. that's been really cool as well. It's like seeing seeing the cards in a in a grocer has been really exciting. That was one of my goals. So that was really but good. But a whole to different board year. game, right? Totally, yeah, because it's brokerage and it's scary but exciting at the same time. And you know, there's lots of different things that you need to consider with doing brokerage. But yeah, hopefully it's all going fine. <laughs> so yeah, sure th- those two things have been like, those two things have been really exciting. Oh, and obviously, and I've just uh, I've just been I've just found out I'm a finalist for this year's Henry Awards as well. So that's also a big. Oh. when even though I haven't won you know it's still a big win just to become a finalist so you know when I was shortlisted and I became yeah. a finalist I was so so chuffed so I'm really looking forward to the awards during October it'll be re- a lot of fun even if I don't win are you gonna go fun. oh yeah definitely, gonna definitely. Go a funny story yeah. last year actually I was a finalist in the Christmas card category and I entered you know earlier on in the year in July and had no expectation whatsoever being shortlisted or being a finalist and then when I became a finalist, I looked at the date of when the awards were in October and I realised I wasn't going to be in the country. I had booked a holiday yeah. in the US and I was flying home oh, the day yeah. after the awards. And I was like, oh no, I'm now I'm now a finalist. I had no idea that I was going to be. I'd never expected it whatsoever. Now I'm in this position where I'm not going to be there. So I ended up changing my flight last year, a date to come home a day early and flew into Heathrow on the day of the awards. It was mad, oh, wow. absolutely insane. So I literally yeah. had an hour's sleep and then went to the awards that evening and it completely cured my jet lag because I was up until like 1am. So at least <laughs> this year, I won't have to do that. So I'm very much looking forward to it, but I won't be travelling from the US. I'll be travelling from Bristol. So um, yeah, oh. I think those three things have been the highlights of the year so far. Those are amazing highlights. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And any future plans? Since you said about doing a US trade show, I think that's definitely something I'd love to do. In terms of other future plans, I'd love to expand into different product categories at some point. I think that would be really fun. I've I've focused in the last few years on just doing greeting cards and building up my collection so I've you know got enough to show but at some point it'd be really nice to do other products I I sort of dipped my toe a little bit last year by launching um a perpetual calendar like a birthday organizer and that was really fun so that was a different product category but yeah whether I do some more in stationery that kind of feels like a natural step so yeah at some point I'd like to do that depending on how much more I can fit in my flat because I still work from home. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily I have a storage unit, but yeah. yeah, my husband has had to get used to living basically in a warehouse because we just, it's a house of cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that is, you know, the kitchen table kind of like. It's startup life. Isn't it? Like, exactly. Yeah, it is how it is. Mm, yeah (laughs) and then at one stage you know you could uh maybe have a studio or whatever uh, yeah I would love that I mean I think my my ambition is to try and keep things in-house I'm very much a control freak um and I still pack all the orders myself and you know while I've had my husband helping he doesn't pack as fast as me (laughs) (laughs) making up cards and I'm like I've done 10 packs and you're still on one 
but I joke. He's a, he's a great he's a great support. But um, <laughs> I think it would be nice to try and keep things in house. You know, whether I outsource the packing side of things when I really don't have time to do I it, mean, but keeping it in house because I can't I can't see myself wanting to let go of that control. I'd rather still oversee it because I'm I'm very proud of the quality control side of things. Um, you know, things going perfect to a stocket. So if I was to not be involved with that i think i'd struggle a bit but we'll see we'll see when i get still to that check point it and train someone i exactly. mean if you could spend yeah. all those extra hours actually speaking to stockists and getting yeah. new ones that would be pretty cool <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah i feel like those are like the next steps and that sounds exciting and I think you can make that happen quicker than you maybe think which is exciting (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and how can people find you and uh, connect with you and your products and buy your products so I have um, my website which is ricecoolcards.com and you can shop cards on there and then I have my wholesale website as well, which is wholesale.bicyclecards.com. Um, if you're wanting to buy wholesale through Fair and Ankle Store, I'm both on those platforms as well. Um, if you like shopping on Etsy, you can find me on Etsy as well. I have um, not all of my cards on there, but I've got the majority of my cards on there. So you can have a look there too. Um, and then I'm all on the social platforms as well, mostly on Instagram. When I show up to it, I need to get better at being more present on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I'm at Rice and Cards on the socials as well. Amazing. I'll pop all the links down Thank in you. the show notes. So so if anyone is as bad at spelling as me, it, it will be easy. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed chatting with you and learning more about your business. And it's so exciting to see, you know, to speak to businesses that are growing and are ambitious. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so such a joy talking to you today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you everyone that has listened today. Um, The podcast will be back next week with another episode. So until then, have a great week.